Blog Talk Radio. Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Paws I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening, my co-host, Jack McEnroe. Jack, happy Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good, good. Everything's great. I'm Excellent. Show yeah, I'm really, yeah. really into the Super Bowl. I actually didn't even know what was going on until Friday. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I did not get to see the halftime show. I ran out before when I was preparing for the show, and I saw Madonna tear up the floor. She did awesome. I, yeah, I saw the very, very end of Madonna, so but I'm sure they'll replay it. So, so. It'll be all over Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I did see Kelly Clarkson sing the national anthem, which I thought was really good. Did she mess it up? No, 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 and I don't know. It didn't. They, I heard the rumors that it was going to be pre-recorded, but it it looked like she was singing live, and she sounded amazing. So who knows? Right, oh, that's funny. So do you have any new yeah. projects going on? How's your calendar selling? Uh, well, I'm kind of done promoting it, being that it's already you know a month into 2012, but it went well. I sent a check to Ampar for three grand, so I thought that was good. Cool. Um, yeah, awesome. I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really have a, a, a set goal, and, um, you know, I had to post them and take them all to the post office myself, and um, the post office ladies were like, every time they saw me, were like, oh, girl, really? So, <laughs> well, because I'd wait for like a week, so I'd bring like a big stack of like 70 at a time, and they were not having me, but, oh, well, right, right. sorry, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's going on funny. with you? Nothing, actually. Last, um, last night we had our, uh, my soccer team, the Falcons here in Philly, we had a banquet, and it was basically the switching of the board where the new board members come on and they do awards and Hall of Fame and all that, and I was on the board last year, so it was kind of like the last hoo-ha for me as a board member. So, um, you know, it was just kind of a great celebration for our anniversary. Oh, good. It's nice to hear the history of gay sports, you know, because so many times we think that gay people can't play sports, you know, and, you know, our our guest tonight is a prime example, and you and, and me, you know, we all play do a certain sport, and I think that having the history of the gay sport, especially, you know, for me, the gay soccer, I mean, it just means so much to hear that. So when old-timers come up and they talk about when they first started it and there wasn't any women on the team, and now the team's mostly women, you know what I mean? But it's, just, it's really incredible to hear, you know, the history of it all. So I, I, I think it's great to be involved. Yeah, and actually, I'm, I'm. I just started probably in the last three weeks training really hard and swimming. So we have uh, we have a swim camp in the middle at the end of March, and then we have the U.S. Nationals are in Greensboro, North Carolina, the uh, end of April, and then the month after that, I fly to Iceland uh, for the Igla Championships. So 
So I'm cool. I swam. Yeah, I've been swimming like an hour and a half a day, which at my advanced age. Like, and if anybody has your calendar, they know that you swim every day. Because <laughs> the photos are like sickening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. How well, you know, Photoshop. It's a lot of work, right? <laughs> Tell me, it's a lot of work, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it is a lot of work, and I. It's, I think it's never it's never easy. Even when I was at my peak in my 20s, it's like it's still – back then, it was about more is better. So we used to train like, you know, four hours a day and then do weights. And I don't have time for that now. I don't think any, like, adult does unless they're an, an, a professional endorsed swimmer or a competitive athlete in that realm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by anyone that can do it like that because it is. It's like, a, it's like another job, totally. Right. Totally agree. I, I but actually, I'd be interested when, when we talked when we talked to Greg, because um, I know he was in the Olympics. Well, he was in a bunch of them. Um, but uh, my best friend, who I've mentioned on the show before, Bruce Hayes, was he won a gold medal in swimming in '84. And I don't even know if they were in the same pool, like just because they were all, um, you know, sometimes the menus are different places. But I don't think there's very many gay, you know, out athletes from the 84 Olympics, especially in aquatics. So I wonder if they've met. I was going to call Bruce right before the show and be like, have you met Greg Wiggins before? So we'll see. Well, let's find out. Why don't we uh, go ahead and bring Greg on? He's been on hold for a little while. So please help me uh, welcome gold medalist Greg Wiggins. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Hey, Greg. Great to have you. Hey, hey Jack. Hey, Robert. So are you, are you? Yeah, again, ask him, Jack. So, well, no, I mean, oh, I, I mean, oh, I mean, have, have I met Bruce? Have I met Bruce? Oh, have you met Bruce? Is that what the question is? Well, yeah. I was actually, there's a million things I want to ask you, but um, <laughs> I'm okay. but yeah, go yeah, ahead and answer yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I, I've met Bruce. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, because we were both on the '84 Olympic team. You know, I can't remember if he was on a part of the '80 Olympic team as well, because that was. He wasn't. Uh, he only swam uh, coincidentally. Like he happens to be my best friend, and just to anyone who, who, who's listening, he won. He was anchor in the four by two hundred freestyle relay. Who and they upset um, Michael Gross, the albatross of that that year. So it was a big right. deal. So, um, yeah. anyway, yeah. So I assumed you guys have met just because there's not very many out gay athletes, like especially gold medalists. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And did you, I don't know if you check your Facebook today, but um, I have a picture with you. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. No, I, I met I, you. I don't know that, that, was, that was that was Life Out Loud, wasn't it? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I met you a couple of times. Yeah. You did a you did a diving exhibition at the Gay Games in '94 in New York, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. saw you there. So I'm. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're an icon, and I'm very honored to talk to you. So. Oh. Great. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? Well, so I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, I think, you know, there's a million things people want to know, and I'm sure you get these type of questions all the time, and you've answered them a million times, but for, I'm sure people are still fascinated by your Olympic story, and especially, you know, when you hit your head on the board and all the, all the drama that went on around that. So do you want to oh, talk thing. a little bit about that experience? Yeah, that. Oh, that thing. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? It, it, it's so funny because, um, you, know, you, you know, you talked about history. And, I mean, it's so important for our young people to, to learn the history because back in 1988, um, six months prior to the Olympic Games, I was diagnosed HIV positive. Um, very few people knew. Um, it was just my coach and my doctor. And uh, actually, I, had, had anybody known about my HIV status in 88, I would not have been able to compete in that Olympic Games because they wouldn't have allowed me into the country. Because at that time, what I was, I, I befriended Ryan White, uh, who contracted HIV through his clotting factor, and um, you know he was just an incredible kid, and my you know my my buddy. His family is still very close to me, um, but uh, I wanted to try. I, I wanted to share my Olympic experience with him, because I was able to share the national championships and and Pan American Games, and I gave him those medals. You know when he attended. Um, and so I wanted to share my Olympic experience with him in 1988 in Seoul, Korea. So I was trying to get him into the country, but they would not allow grant him a visa because of his HIV status. So I knew had they known my HIV status, I would not have been able to travel to Seoul. Wow. And people forget that, you know, we've, we've right. come a long way. It's, it's, it's not, it's not that way anymore, but, um, well, no, only know. recently, I think it was last year they really, they, cause I used to travel. I mean, I'm sure you still traveled a lot and for competitions and stuff. And, you know, it was not really looked at so hardcore. I mean, I, I ha- had my meds out in the open and stuff, but if they really yeah. wanted to, they could have, they could have not let me into countries. Definitely. And the U.S. is yeah. one of the worst culprits. They just lifted the ban last year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you know, there's there's that history, and then uh, then of course when I hit my head on the board, um, you know, and everybody was like, you know, blood in the pool and all that stuff. Well, you know, you're not going to get HIV uh, from a chlorinated pool. So I mean, when it came, when all of that came out in '95 with my book Breaking the Surface. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of anger, you know, sur- uh, surrounding that whole situation. So, um, and I was the brunt of that. But it, there was a lot. There was conversation that was happening across the country, you know, probably across the world. Um, but there was there was debate going on. There was people talking about it, and education happening surrounding HIV. You know, it's important to know how you get HIV, but it's important to know how you're not going to get HIV. You know, so that, you know, because there was so much fear. There's, you know, so much. And when I did my interview with Barbara Walters, um, she, you know, the one thing that I stated was that all the people who feel that they their lives have never been touched by HIV can no longer, if they cheered for me in any of the Olympics, 76, uh, 80 was a boycott, 84 and 88, then those people can no longer say that they their lives have not been affected by HIV. Right. right. Yeah, no, and I mean, actually, it is, we have come a long way, and it was a completely different time. I was diagnosed in 89. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, and actually my mom, we talked, we've talked about this situation that very moment, and my mom works in the medical field, and she was like, well, because I remember in your book and consequent interviews after it happened, you were talking about being concerned about the doctor that would give you stitches. Mm-hmm. And, and my mom was like, well, you know, actually that's no one really, you know, 
everyone was hyper concerned about how you contracted it and this and that, yeah. but actually the doctor should have been wearing gloves. That was protocol. For, well, regardless. You, you know what, so, I mean, you know it's not about blame so much, I think. At, at that time, you have to remember, this is 1988. It's Seoul, Korea. There were no latex gloves. Right. But, but, but in talking to the doctor, Dr. James Puffer, he was wonderful. I, I, I'd known him since 1978. It was our first world championship team together. And, um, you know, you know I've watched his kids grow up and everything. I mean, he, he was like kind of family. So um, I was really concerned about him. Um, but, you know, what he expressed to me was that he took every precaution that there was necessary, even though there was not any latex gloves. Right. You know, but, you know, and that was just, you know, the times, you know, uh, and, and also uh, probably the uh, where we were, it was in Seoul, Korea, and um, you know, and uh, you know, it, that wasn't uh, it wasn't thought through. It wasn't thought out. I'm curious. I mean, I I knew the timeline, but I did homework before I had this interview. But I mean, to be diagnosed six months prior to competing in the Olympics, I mean, what the hell was going through your head? How did you well, even concentrate? And I mean, so much pressure. I've never been on even close to the Olympic level, but like I'm crapping my pants at nationals. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it. You know, at that level, it it was it was interesting because um, I think I got tested like you know January or something. Got my results, you know, February. Um, and uh, you know, and then you know, off to the Olympics. Now. I told myself before I I got my results, I, I, I had in my head that what I was going to do, especially at that time, because we thought of HIV AIDS as a death sentence at that time. So um, my thought was I was going to do the honorable thing and pack my bags. I was training in Florida at the time, and I was I had my house in in in, in California, so I was going to pack my bags. Uh, and lock myself in my house and wait to die, because that's what we thought of AIDS. That's what we thought of HIV. Right. And, and my cousin, who was my doctor, um, you know, we did all the tests anonymously because I was afraid that the tabloids would find out from the insurance and all that. So I paid everything cash. So um, and the only drug that we had was AZT at the time, which was uh, two pills every four hours around the clock. So if you think about it, I'm waking up in the middle of the mor- night, in the middle, middle of the morning to take my AZT. Every four hours I'm reminded I have a compromised immune system. So it didn't matter if I was training, if I was trying to sleep, what it was. So it was it was a, a difficult schedule. Um, now, I didn't realize how toxic AZT was um, until after I, 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 I shared that with my co-author, Eric Marcus, and when I told him that I was on AZT through the Olympics, he just started sobbing. And I was, you know, and I didn't understand that because I'd never had anybody to talk to about my HIV meds. And he said, well, Greg, you don't understand. You, you know, you, you were on AZT and you won two Olympic gold medals on AZT. He said any of his friends who tolerated the medication didn't tolerate it well if they tolerated it at all. 
so um, he said that you'll never understand what a you know what a feat that was. So my my response was, oh, so it's not a performance enhancing drug, <laughs> which obviously it isn't. So, right. Um, you know, it was uh, it, it was an odd time. It was it was a really odd time at that. But you know what? It was once I got my diagnosis, um, it was much easier for me to focus on the dieting. It gave me something to focus on instead of myself and my HIV and just, you know, wallow in it. You know, it forced me to get up in the morning, to get to that morning workout. If I had something on the calendar that day, training or interviews or whatever I had, I did it. But any other other time that wasn't scheduled, I mean, I I would close the drapes, pull the covers over my head, and stay in bed. Wow. Um, I just think it's I. I'm actually just so weird. I mean, I know looking from an external point of view into your life, it's like, oh my god, it's so amazing. Like, you're, you know, fairly, unarguably the greatest diver ever. How do you? How do you process that? I mean, what do you? How do you think of yourself in those terms? <laughs> well, well, you know what? I, I, I've, I've come to the realization that yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, you know? what do you do? So you know, I, I mean, I, I've finally come to to that realization, you know, and, and, and acceptance with that. But you know what? It's funny because uh, you know when I do speaking engagements, when I travel. Um, you know, a, a lot of people will come to me and say, oh, my God, you had such a hard life, and I can't believe all the things you've been through. Well, you know what? It wasn't it wasn't hard for me. It was just my life. I don't right. judge it. I don't judge it. You know, it, it, it is what it, it was what it was, and, and it's over with and all that. You know, I, when I do speaking engagements, I visit those places. I don't live there. I, I, it, that's, I, I don't live there anymore. You know, so uh, you know, so it kind of, um, it's, it's difficult when somebody comes up to me and says, "Oh, I relate to you so much," with my book in their hand, and say, "I relate to you so much," and and um, uh, you know, and I, you know, I know what you've gone through, and it's been, it was so hard. But you know what? I wrote that book to let go of that stuff. I, I wrote that book so I could just let that go and be done with it and and move on. But people do want to know about those things, so I do visit those places, but I don't live there. It's, right. it's not my residence anymore. Well, um, when you were in it, and, and like in the Olympics, and um, regardless of your HIV status, just could you were you taking that all in, or were you? so nervous or were you really insecure? Like I know for Bruce, he's like, I was so nervous that when I won the gold medal and set the world record, I was just relieved. Like he's like, that was my, my first, my first thing was not celebration. Oh my God, we won a gold medal. I was like, thank God we didn't get the silver. How was your experience of that? Well, you know, uh, in, in going into the 1988 Olympic games, um, you know, I was defending champion, so you know, I was defending my titles. You know, and I was also looked at as the favorite. By but far, that, correctly, in, correct. 
It, no, 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 because by that time, the Chinese had caught up to me. And, okay. some, and some of the international competitions, we would go back and forth. So it was, you know, it was questionable what, what was going to happen at that Olympic Games. But in that split second, when I hit my head on the board, I became the underdog. And right. that place, being the underdog, is a much easier place to come from because you have nothing to lose. And so then it became my coach and I, Ron O'Brien and myself, focusing one dive at a time because we, ne- we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, when I, when I got through the, the springboard event, I didn't know if I was going to be strong enough to be able to get through the platform event. You know, I had to take it one day at a time, you know, one moment at a time, one dive at a time. And you asked if I en- enjoyed it, was able to take it in. I was pretty preoccupied. <laughs> I was pretty preoccupied about my situation because, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure responsibility, um, you know, and, and all that at that time. Um, so there was a lot of things that were going on. And, and also my coach, Ron O'Brien, his, his mother had a stroke right before the competition started and was in a coma. So he didn't know if he was going to be staying or going home and taking care of family business. So, I, you know, had he not been there, I, I, I never would have made it through. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you don't achieve greatness on your own. There's always somebody there, whether it's a parent, a coach, a friend, you know, somebody that, that's there for you, you know, because we don't, we don't do those things on our own. We don't do those things by ourselves. Right. It's so true. Support is, is, is needed and it's, and it's vital. Um, what happened after you retired? How did you adjust to getting back to normal life and everything? What's normal? <laughs> <laughs> well, back to not being, you know, like not the pressure of diving and, and, and everything, you know, on your shoulders once you, you know, settled down and just, you know, kind of started well, doing your own thing. Well, also yeah. I would assume your, I would assume your health, your health was still fairly precarious. Like you still, I mean, I remember, and they, you know, the meds were still changing rapidly, and people were still, mm-hmm. you know, unsure of what worked and what didn't, and like yeah. recovery and side effects and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't make my HIV my next career. You know, it was just what it was. You know, I, I, I was HIV positive. Um, a friend of mine wrote a really nice, nice piece um, about how he lived with HIV. You know, we live together. You know, it's right. part of it's, but but it's not. It, it doesn't define me. My HIV doesn't define me. I, you know, I'm still active. Um, you know, and I think that's what diving gave me when I was diagnosed. Is it gave me that perspective? Is that you know what? Let the doctors do the doctoring, because I'm not a doctor, and I'll do what the doctors say. But when when I get my re- reports and my numbers from my doctors and, and they put that on the shelf, I put it on the shelf too. I right. just have my marching orders to take my meds and all that, and I go about the business of living. You know, I don't really, you know, people would ask me, you know, well, what about this drug coming out? What about that drug? Have you, done, have you tried this? Um, no, I haven't. Because <laughs> it, it's not my career. It's not my forte. You know, that's not my area of expertise. 
No, I totally, uh, I totally relate to that. And I think, I mean, I don't know exactly the history of your health, as, but I mean, I've been really lucky. And, um, you know, I, it, like you said, it's like not something you want to dwell upon all the time. And it defines a certain part of you, but I think also that's a luxury because for some people it does define them because uh-huh. they have, they, on the day-to-day basis, they're concerned about their health. So, so it is, I mean, I, I, I thank God or thank whoever. I just feel blessed all the time that I can just take a pill and go to my doctor every three to four months and be, be well. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've had, I've had my challenges. I mean, I, I had an entire year where I was, it was actually the gay game Chicago. I came home and my leg was swollen and, um, um, as it turned out, it was staff, and I almost lost my leg. Um, but, I, you know, and a lot of those things I, I kind of forget, you know, because right. I don't really fo- focus on a lot of those things. Like I did uh, Just Say No at in Chicago with Larry Kramer, you know, and he knew the meds. I mean, that was when the protease inhibitors were, you know, what you were on and all that, and he knew the meds that I was on. Um, one of them was that Norvir stuff. Which was ugh, awful, awful. Yeah, I took it too. I hated it. <laughs> oh, oh, it was horrendous. And you know, and he said, you know, Greg, how are you doing this? You're coming to rehearsal, you know, and and then you know, I'm, I'm performing, you know, and and he said, you know, I know the medications you're on and the side effects of them. How are you doing this? And I said, well, I mean, I know, after, you know, an hour after I take my Norvir, I'm going to have explosive diarrhea. And then I'm going to be, for the next hour, recovering, trying to regain my energy back. So if I have to be at the theater, I take my meds two and a half to three hours prior to me getting to the theater. So you just do that. I mean, it's it's kind of how I was raised. I mean, the show must go on. You know, they're not going to change. They're not going to change the dates of the of, of the Olympic Games. You know, they're they're not going to change it for you because you stubbed your toe. So well, I also think those- that you, I mean, you are being very humble, but you've lived an extraordinary life, and so the extraordinary to you seems ordinary. So yeah. when you're when yeah. you're presented with with extraordinary circumstances, where you're like, how can I how could I do this? You're like, well, I've done crazier stuff that seemed more. M- more insurmountable, so I'm like, I'm just gonna take my pills and keep yeah. going. And I think that's yeah. one of the blessings of HIV. It's like, you know what? It it, it causes a lot of self-examination, and it it's some it's not always pretty, and you have to deal with certain things that other people don't have to deal with. But I think you come out stronger and a better person personally. Yeah, I I think most definitely. I mean, with you know, with anything that you know, you're you're forced to kind of look at your own mortality, you know, because, you know, when you're younger, I mean, you think you're indestructible and you can do anything. Um, But then when you're faced with, you know, cancer, HIV, you know, diabetes, I mean, anything, you know, then it 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 makes you stop and think. Right. Put their, and, and also be appreciative. Be 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 grateful for what what you're able to do. You know, and I think that's what I've learned to do is just focus on what I can do. You know, not my limitations. That's awesome, um, 
that you say that. Real quick, I just want to open up the phone lines. If you'd like to give us a call here at the show and speak to Greg, you can call us at 347-215-9442. Press the number one so we know you want to come on air. Um, you know, Greg, we have you on tonight because we want to talk about the online campaign that you started. Do you want to tell everyone about it? <laughs> For Dancing with the Stars. Oh, my God. I, yeah, you know, they, they called me. They called me season eight. And, and I, I said, I'll clear my calendar. I want to do this. And, uh, and then they never called back. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I saw Sean Johnson on it. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, so, I mean, we've been trying, hitting them, hitting them, hitting them. So, you know, I, I'm not giving up. Um, you know, if, if this doesn't happen, then, I don't know, maybe I'll go to England and do it there. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you do um, this? Is this something that you've done before? Well, I grew up. Um, I started dancing. Honey, have you, have you seen him dive? Please, dancing is not a problem. <laughs> well, I, I started in dance and acrobatics when I was a year and a half, and I was performing on stage when I was three. You know, and I was going to say, I, I'm like, nobody I've ever met has better body like coordination than you. And I'm mm-hmm. just gushing over you for a second because I just remember watching you as a kid when growing up, and being like, "Holy mother of God, that's amazing! You're amazing." Oh, thank you, thank you. But I, you know, initially I wanted to do it in memory of my mom because I just remember all of those recitals that she would go to, and she'd just say, you know, Greg, you know, go out there and have fun, you know, and you know, and that's what it was about. And she always liked seeing me on stage and performing, and uh, you know, and, and that was great. So I wanted to do it in her memory. But you know, now I mean, I feel like it's important for you know to have a, a a gay HIV positive man on the show just to give visibility to that, you know, and also address, you know, the, you know, the rash of suicides. And, and, and I kind of wonder, I mean, because I was that kid too. I was bullied as a kid, you know, and I tried to commit suicide a number of times. I've been in that dark place, you know, and so, you know, I just want to give them hope, you know, that it's okay. You know, I, I, I go to, uh, I've been to, you know, some young men have reached out to me who've recently converted, and they're terrified and they're scared. And I've, I've been able to have the opportunity to go with them to their doctors and listen to what their, um, their treatment options are. And then I, I go back and I sit with them and I talk with them and say, you know, what the side effects of some of the medications, because I've been on every damn pill that's out there, I think. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you know it's, it's reassuring because when you get that kind of information, you know, your ears are ringing. You know, there's this ringing in your, in, you know, in your head and you can't hear what the doctor is saying. You can't process that. And you need somebody. You need that support. And so many young men are just so terrified, you know, to ask for that help. Because there's some type of shame or stigma. Well, I also think it would be so amazing, like, any time to have it, to have, you know, I think there's a whole new generation that, you know, I'm sure knows who you are, but doesn't remember specifics to be, mm-hmm. and to just see you and have it be incidental that you're HIV positive. And, like, here you are competing. You're doing a very rigorous program. I mean, I understand being on that show is torturous 
And it's like, you know, you're just doing your thing like everybody else. And I think that's a, a really great way to send a message. It's like, I'm not abnormal. I'm just doing yeah. the best I can. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that it would be, you know, great for the country to see. Totally. I agree. I agree. I think we need more HIV positive people on TV. I think it's important for that. Um, it's something that we really talk about a lot here on the show. I do want to go over to the lines um, here, area code 503. Uh, you're on the air. What's your question for Greg? Hello? Come on, girl. <laughs> okay, She's scared. The next call. Do they know the Area code 434, you're on the air. Hey, guys, it's Travis T. How are you? Travis. Hey, Travis. Travis, are you the one who he's been messaging me? I have, yes. I am okay. the one. Yay. <laughs> I'm glad you got Hi on. Robert. Hi hi Jack. Hi Greg. I am I am truly, truly honored to be sharing this airspace with you guys tonight, especially with Greg Luganus, a true uh, living legend. Uh, I never thought in a, in my lifetime that I would get the chance to speak to Greg in person, so I am truly, truly humbled. Um, my question is kind of a two-parter, um, which I'm sure you probably hear from a lot of people and uh, over the years, but uh, having consulted on the movie based on your book, uh, your best-selling biography, uh, Breaking the Surface, how would you rate the accuracy of the movie? And if there was anything you could go back and add or take out, what would it be? And also, if you were to be asked to be a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, how do you think you would, um, you know, perform being a multi-gold-winning Olympian? And would that give you a competitive edge? Okay, <laughs> Which one of those questions do you want me to start with? Oh, my God. Okay, we're we're covering, like, everything here. Okay, the movie. Uh, I thought Mario Lopez did a wonderful job. Um, Alan Hines, who wrote the script, that was not the first script that was, that was um, submitted that he wrote. Um, we were having trouble getting it made, the movie made, because, because I'm gay and I'm HIV positive. We had a very difficult time getting it made. Um, and what uh, year was that? Sorry to interrupt, but I was curious. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Good question. What year was I can, that? Um, I can look it up. The movie was ninety six. Yeah, I, I think. think it was. I think it was late nineties. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, or early. Uh, well, anyway. Um, ninety seven. <laughs> ninety seven. Ninety seven. That's late. Um, but we had a real difficult time. Now, the one thing that uh, um, I can't remember who it was, was it USA? One of the networks, they, whoever picked it up, they said that they could, if, if we were to focus on my relationship with my dad, because um, so, that was pretty a pretty universal st- story. Um, and so they, they did. And interestingly enough, I mean, I, I, I saw the dailies, but I didn't see the film in its entirety until last summer. And I was speaking at a, at a leadership retreat for foster kids in Jacksonville, Florida. And 
I didn't realize there was that much about my personal life in it. And so when when the movie rolled and some of the scenes were played out, a lot of the kids were snickering and commenting and and one kid had to leave. He couldn't handle it. Um, but then when the film ended, you know, the the uh, counselor who, uh, who headed the camp um, admonished the kids for being so rude. But then he also said, I hope you see the, you know, the challenges that, that I faced and, you know, and, and coming through. And so when I got up to speak, I was terrified. You know, because you're right in the, I was right in the Bible belt, you know, and here it was just really kind of in your face, you know, about my relationships, my personal relationships and all that, and uh, and those challenges. And so I just spoke. We talked about suicide. We talked about bullying. We talked about drug use. We talked about alcohol abuse. We talked about so many things. Um, by the end of the the presentation, um, it went for an hour and a half of, of questions and answers, and, and the counselor said we could have gone on for another hour and a half um, because the kids were so engaged. And it was so awesome because every one of those kids wanted their picture with me, and, you know, I had one little boy who's like 11 or 12 years old, and he was looking at his feet, and, and he said, Mr. Luganus, I I'm glad you came and spoke to us because... My my best friend is gay, and other people just have to realize he's just a person. And it was just so heartwarming, you know, because a lot of times, I mean, in, in the gay community, what I've observed is we, we have a tendency of sticking with our own, you know, just staying in that safe zone. And it's important that we get out of those safe zones so that people get to know us, that we're, that we're just people. You know, we have feelings, you know, and our feelings get hurt and and we bleed. I mean, we're, we're just like everybody else. We want we want what everyone else wants, and that's to be loved. Wow. So then, okay, what what was the other thing? Oh, oh, the question about Dancing with the Stars. Do I think that I yes. have an unfair advantage? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I would have an unfair advantage because, you know what, it's, it's so driven by the American public, you know, in their yeah. vote and all that, that, you know, there are people out there that I, I rubbed the wrong way, you know, so I don't know if I would have that type of support. And actually, my a good, a good friend of mine who was on Project Runway with me, Styles, all the judges, and she's like... Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, a part of it's talent, but a large part of it is a popularity contest. So, exactly. you know, it has to do with yeah. who's supporting you. And, I mean, when it gets down to the final three, four or so, it does have a lot to do with how what how well they dance. But initially, mm-hmm. it's about who can get votes and popularity and who people like and who people think is cute right. and all that stuff. So, you know, right. it's, a, it's a reality show above every, every, yeah. everything else. Yeah. Are, I mean, you, that, are you able to actually confirm whether or not you have been asked, or is that something that you're not able to discuss? It's something I'm not able to discuss. <clears throat> I understand. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling in, Travis. Thank you for very much. I 
so, so, so appreciate you talking to me, Greg, and so much appreciate and feel very honored that you responded to my letter, and I oh. wish you the best. Thank you, Travis. Thank you so much. You're such a sweetheart. Yes, he is. Uh, let's go to the next caller, area code 423. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, my name is Jim, and I'm calling from Tennessee. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Good. Um, I just want to ask a question real quick. It's something about um, uh, Greg that took place in your past. It was uh, information I learned from reading your book when it came out in 95. And then I'll ask you a quick question about, you know, something current. But um, you're, you had some type of uh, a medal or some type of an award that had been uh, embedded into your pool when it was built. And in your book you mentioned that someone in particular had, uh, out of spite, uh, removed it and taken it. Did you ever get that back? Um, I, 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 it, um, California Pools and Spots who built my pool, um, they replaced it. They replaced it. Okay. What, so, what's that story really quickly? I don't know that story. Uh, well, um, uh, we call him Tom in the book. Um, uh, he was my, uh, uh, my abusive partner. He raped me in the first year that we were together and I stayed for six more years. Um, but, um. Yeah, he was. He I, was thought, really I just want to say real quick. I think it was very courageous of you to talk about that part of your life in your book. So um, I thought it was very inspirational, along with everything else, because you were so honest. Yeah. Well, I, you know, thank you for that because you know it's not real macho, you know, to admit that you were raped. Um, right. And and especially being an athlete. Um, but I mean, it was. It, 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 it was it was a part of my life. Uh, it, it happened. It was an event. It happened, and I survived. Well, that is good news. Um, you know, so many people go through that kind of a, a personal tragedy, and sadly, a lot of people who have gone through it don't survive it because they never talk about it, and they usually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they take it out on themselves, and that's what leads to some people committing suicide. Now, right. um, uh, again, though, but thank you for your book, because I, I bought it the day it came out, and I read it in less than three days, so it really inspired me to do a lot of stuff. Um, oh, good. Now, this, uh, the, the present in your life, um, how long have you been training dogs, and how did you get into it? Well, it, I I do better with animals than I do people. <laughs> I, I do, I do. I'm so much better with animals than I am people. I mean, when we would have family gatherings, it would not be unheard of that I could be found in the dog's doghouse with the dog right. while everybody else is partying it up, you know. Um, you know, so it, it was just a kind of a natural thing. Um, I love I love training dogs, um, and the thing that was important to me is, you know, I, and, and this is one thing, I, you know, I don't belong to many anti-groups, but I do belong to one, and that's the anti-Cesar group, uh, because he's, it's like he's given people permission to abuse their animals under the guise of teaching and uh, the training, you know, but nobody does that type of training anymore. 
You know, yeah. we've we've evolved in that in that arena. Or anybody who knows anything has evolved. You know, it's all purely positive reinforcement. You know, catching the good behavior and rewarding it so it's more apt to be repeated. And so, you know, that is, and I'm very passionate about it, very passionate about, you know, the humane treatment and and care and training of animals. Um, So, uh, you know, that was just kind of a a passion of mine. I mean, I've competed on on a national level for dog agility. I mean, I had one of the top... uh, Parson Russell Terriers in the country, uh, I think we were number one for a couple of years. You know, so, you know, I, 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 I had a chance of really diving into things, you know. I don't just do things kind of half-assed, you know. So, you know, I really get involved in, in things that I'm passionate about, and that was something that I was very passionate about. Of course, now Nipper is, is going to be 15 in, in May, so she's retired, and then her son is 11. And uh, I, I just retired him last year, so um, I don't have any any dogs that are doing agility now. But I, I just enjoyed the training and the learning and the learning how they learn, you know. And that, right. that's that's my next book. Um, I'm working on my my third book, um, and uh, it's it's all about my journey and learning because okay. being dis, being dyslexic. You know, I things I couldn't bring, I couldn't get the words off the page. I did a one-man show in New York, and uh, and I couldn't get the the words off the page. So I was having a difficult time getting off book, memorizing the lines and all that stuff. So what I learned, the way that I learned, is I would read the script into a recorder, and then listen to the recorder, so I wouldn't have to pull the words off the page. I can just listen to the words, and then I could let my imagination run to where it it processes the stories that I was telling because those actors were just storytellers. And so wow. that and, and every third day after rehearsal I would re record the script, re uh, reading the script in into a recorder and listening to it because of the evolution of the characters' inflections and 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 the intent and all that stuff. It changes over, over that course of, of of your rehearsals, so I had to evolve with that. So okay. that was one way that I that I that I learned. Well, that is, and that's that, something that I'm going to be sharing in my uh, my next book. Okay, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it. I'm, it's probably going to be a little while before it comes out, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Hopefully, we can get it on a fast track. Okay. Cool. Well. Uh, Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And Jack and Robert, I think you guys are just, you know, awesome. You're the cream of the cake. So everybody have a good night and thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. It's the first time I was called the cream of the cake. The cream of the cake. cake. It's not my first time. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, I, just thought, I just thought it was funny that you said you just dive into everything that you are. And I was like, oh, really? But I'm bummed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like everything anything that I'm really interested in I dive into it. I'm like, Yeah, you do. Um that's yeah. funny. Um so yeah. what what else what what do you want to talk about? Like what else are you working on besides your book and what's going on and you know, the dancing with the stars thing, but is there anything else you want to talk about? 
not not much. I mean, it, it it's just so it's fascinating to me because um, uh, you know life is changing so so dramatically for me. You know, just in the past year, you know, and and also taking more control, you know, of you know of my life rather than you know handing it over to managers, having handing it over to agents and all that, you know, and just you know taking control. And I I really appreciate it, you know, because I'm I'm doing what I want to do, you know, and what I'm passionate about, you know, and I you know I'm I'm, I'm talking to to some people about doing a blog, you know, because I, I, I never thought that I had anything to offer, you know, but, but now I've come to the realization in working with USA Diving, I'm an athlete mentor to USA Diving, um, so I'm working with the athletes and the coaches, um, you know, and the things that I learned from my dog training and how we learn as, as beings, um, you know, we do what's rewarding to us, um, you know, it's I. You know, I'm just really fascinated by it and interested in it and passionate about it. You know, and then and also doing it the right way, doing it in in a healthy way. So, um, you know, I'm I'm talking about, you know, potentially starting a blog. You know, which is like totally foreign. I'm I'm not real computer literate, so so that's going to be a, you know a new venture. You know, and then the new book. You know, I I always had a co-author thus far, and and this time I'm I'm doing a lot of the writing myself, and uh, and I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. Wow, I'm so awesome. awesome. Actually, I do have a question coming out of um, the Pause I Am chat room. Um, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Twist on the Pause I Am network asks, actually says he remembers that you couldn't have furry pets due to asthma. He was a Cub Scout, and he remembers reading. About you in Boys Life magazine in 1977. Do you oh find God, that you have yeah. to take allergy drugs for that now? Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's it, it's funny because um, I went through a period. Well, I you know I had asthma, and then uh, as I grew up and matured, then that turned into hay fever. So I was allergic to things. I was allergic to pet dander and God knows what. Um, and so I didn't have. Uh, at a certain time in my life, we didn't have any dogs um, or cats or anything like that. So I was, I had snakes and and I had reptiles, you know, and snakes and, and iguanas and, and that sort of thing, the turtles. Um, but uh, I, I want to be around the animals so much that I, you know, I'll I'll stick it out, and then over time, I've. I've developed an immunity to my animals. And then when I would start going to dog shows, then I'd have a hay fever attack when I go to a dog show. But now it doesn't, it's not so much anymore. You know, I've been around animals so much that, you know, it really doesn't bother me. So I, and, and I'd rather kind of suck it up and, and, and suffer and be with the animals than not be with the animals. So I don't, you know, it's, you build up your immunity, you, you you get accustomed to it, your body adjusts, and I think that my body's adjusted over time. And how, if you don't mind disclosing, how how is your health right now? It's good. Um, 
key skills haven't been higher. You know, uh, you know, uh, um, almost undetectable. Um, you know, I, you know, I did go through a period, you know, when all the protease inhibitors, you know, because everybody, that, you know, um, compliance was such an issue, you know, during those times. Uh, it's getting a lot easier now. But, I mean, I was off my, my HIV meds for, I think, a year and a half. And then my T cells went down to 11, and my viral load shot up over, over a million. And, um, and then my doctor said, well, I think we should do something about this. So, and I agreed. So, um, you know, so we did something about it, got some, you know, on some of the new medications. And, um, you know, and I've been tolerating them them well and, and responding well to them. So, yeah. I mean, my T-cells are higher than ever and my viral load is almost undetectable and I feel good. That, and that's the important thing, I, the way that I feel. I feel good. That's awesome. Um, I do have a question here coming again out of the Pazlam chat room. This is from Mark um, who's tuning in all the way from Saudi Arabia. And wow. he wants to know... Um, were you able to forgive your past partner who was abusive? And what advice would you oh. give to somebody who may be in this situation now? Yeah, I mean, oh, God, yes. Yes, I, I forgave him a long time ago. Forgave him a long time ago. I mean, I, I even, you know, he he passed, uh, I think, in 90. Um, and then my dad passed in 91. And, and I know that my dad just totally hated him. Yeah, and blame, wanted to blame him for everything. But you know what? Um, Kevin, who I was in, involved with before, I went to his memorial as well. So who knows where I contracted the HIV? You know, there's no, you know, there's no, no sure, you know, evidence that, you know, that he actually infected me. Um, but everybody wanted to point the finger at him because of his, his character. But I forgave him a long time ago. Because I I also had to take responsibility for my participation in it. I mean I was raped in the first year we were together, and I and I fought to stay in that relationship. You know, so I allowed myself to be treated that way. So I had to build myself up, my self esteem up, and 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 put my foot down and come to the realization nobody's going to treat me like that, and I'm not going to allow it. Yeah, well, I also think, I mean, uh, it's a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction to place blame when they find out that they're HIV positive. And, but in the end, it doesn't really solve anything, and it doesn't make anyone no. feel better. I mean, and it it just doesn't. I mean, I've heard that from a lot of people that are desperate. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my, my boyfriend lied to me and this and that. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, now yeah. that, it's happened now, so how are you going to deal with it? I mean, I guess... Exactly. It makes you feel better in the short term to blame someone else. That's mm-hmm. okay, but it's not going to change anything, and it's actually just an, a negative emotion that you're going to harbor. So right, it's it's a waste of energy. I mean, exactly. And you, need your, and you need that energy to stay strong. You know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, staying as strong as you can. And that was the other thing too. If if I didn't forgive. Um, we call him Tom in the book Jim. If, you know, Jim. If, if I didn't, if I, if I didn't forgive Jim, then I would harbor some type of hate or resentment, and that is such a negative thing that that would 
just sucked the life out of me, basically. So I had to find it in my heart to forgive myself and to forgive him and move on. Wow. Um, real quick, I just want to mention that Joanne um, from ACW um, says she looks forward to seeing you at the uh, Memories Gala fundraising event in Windsor, Ontario. Yes, I can't wait. She's to tuning go. in. <laughs> Yay. She's she tuning in. She says hello, and she looks forward to that. Um, I do just want to real quick go back to this caller and see if we can get him on because he's still on hold. Uh, area code 503, are you there? I'm here. Okay, what's hey. your name? Where are you calling from? From Portland, Oregon. What's your question? From Portland, Oregon. From Portland, Oregon. Oregon. What's your question? Good. Um, I'm 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 thrilled. I'm gay and positive and living down on Portland. I'm I'm thrilled to be talking to you in person. My name yeah. is Roger Walker. Um, Hi, um, Roger. I'm I'm just so happy to be in Portland. I'm happy to be alive. Um, so it's amazing. I'm, I've read your book and I watched your movie, and I'm just thrilled to to be alive here in Portland. I've met both Senator White and Merkley, and at the AIDS Walk every year. I helped lead the AIDS Walk last October eighth. So it's, it's amazing to, to live in here, and I'm just so thrilled to be talking to you in person. I'm just thrilled. Yeah, you're well, my hero. Yeah. Well, thank you um, very much. Do you ever come to Portland? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, I, I just, uh, shot an episode of Portlandia uh, oh, yeah, over of course. December. Um, did you see Port- meet our Mayor Sam Adams? Uh, he, 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 did I meet, I don't think so, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but I, I was in Portland, I, I shot, uh, um, uh, the episode of Portlandia, which is episode nine, it uh-huh. should air in March. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Be on the lookout for that. I I had so much fun there. I mean, it, Portlandia is such a quirky show. It is. We have to say, remember, that's KP, Port, keep Portland weird. Yeah. I got to meet both yeah. Senators Wyden and Mercury at the AIDS Walk and Governor Barbara Roberts and Sam Evans and the head of CAP has been popular for 20 years, Michael Kaplan, great guy. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, and I, I think I'm coming out there. Uh, Gosh, when is it? I, uh, ta, 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 um, I'm heading to, I think, um, March or April. I think I'm heading up there in March or April. I'm talking to um, a group, I think, of um, uh, um, um, physically challenged athletes. I think I'm. I think I'm going up there to talk to some physically challenged athletes. I I, I don't know all of the particulars because it's kind of new onto my desk. But I know I'm going to be on on the way there uh, to Portland, and then I'm going to go to Seattle and work with the Olympic hopefuls. Um, that well, are people can find you know all the information on that, Greg, um, on your website, right, Luganus.com. Um, possibly. Possibly, I think uh, I think you might have better luck on Facebook. <laughs> okay, so either Facebook, um, and there's an yeah. uh, official Greg Luganis page that will post the link in there. But there's also one for Dancing with the Stars, is, and this is where we want people to go to show their support for this, right? And it's we want Greg Luganis yeah. on Dancing with the Stars, right? Yeah, share, like, share, like, share, like, and encourage all your friends to like like the page. Yeah, so share it, like it, follow him on Twitter at Greg Luganis. Um, Greg, thank you for sitting with us for this hour. It's been an honor to to talk with you. Well, thank you. It's been great. Totally. 
And Jack, I, will, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will accost you again next time I see you. <laughs> no, no, no. When am I going to see you again? Uh, no idea. Are you in? You're in LA, yeah? I'm in LA, LA like... but I'm. I, I'm going to be in New York uh, to, in, in like the 18th to the 22nd. All right. Well, I'll be here. Uh, tweet me your phone number, or I'll, I'll send you a message on Facebook. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, baby. Okay, All right, well, what a great show, Jack. Um, I guess awesome. we'll be talking in a couple weeks. Um, I hope you have a great night. You too. That was amazing. Have a good one. Yes, it was. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You can find more information on our guest, Olympic gold medalist Greg Luganis at Luganis.com. You can find more information on myself at pausim.com, more information on Jack McEnroff at jackmackenroth.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. And remember, go to Facebook and search We Want Greg Luganis on Dancing with the Stars and like the page and share the page and, and help get the word out. Tweet it all. Do that we can. Have a great evening, everyone, and thank you for tuning We're in. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us I'ma go get tested, it's a simple maneuver It's not about the past, it's about my future I'm not trying to miss it, I won't be a statistic So I protect myself whenever I'm intimate At this moment, I decided to have a plan It's time to take a stand, cause AIDS I'm greater than This is Senor Chaos, and this was my deciding moment Tell us yours at greaterthan.org